more you try and do, the less you get. The less you try and do, the more you get because you do one or two things really, really well. I wasn't keeping things simple. I wasn't getting leverage because I was trying to do it all myself. I did hiring of the staff. I did the organizing of the staff, the paying of the staff. I did the marketing to find the customers. I was wearing all the hats. And it wasn't until I really started to understand the importance of getting people on board that I started to actually finally get the freedom I was looking for. Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Journey Podcast, where we delve into the stories of successful entrepreneurs so you can discover what's possible. This episode is brought to you by blogsetupservices.com, which is exactly what it sounds like, a service to set up your blog for you. So if you've struggled with the technical aspects of launching a blog business, including installing WordPress, getting your hosting account up and running, getting your domain name, working with that hosting account, and getting a nice design up and running for your blog, this is the service for you. It's for all you non-techies out there. So once you sign up for your very own blog setup services package, Carrie is going to become your blog mechanic. She will provide this installation and support service for you, which includes installing your blog and helping you with all aspects of setting up your domain name and your hosting account. She's also going to offer you to choose from a selection of premium themes provided by StudioPress. And you can choose which one of these you like the most. They're normally going to cost you $99.95, but they're included for free as part of the blog setup services package. So once your blog is set up and you've got that nice premium theme, Carrie's also going to install six must-have plugins so that you've got things like protection from spam, protection from hackers. You've got something to help with the, the loading time, to speed up the loading time of your blog, and a bunch of other things that are very common but important, like spell checks and web forms so people can easily contact you through your blog. We're also going to throw in a second bonus. This is, this is for me. If you choose to sign up for the blog setup services package, you also get access to my blog tech 101 guide which is huge it's 128 pages that i put together specifically for my members to help with everything to do with blog technology so you've got all kinds of information there not just blog setup but you've got things like how to uh, collect emails from people how to set up product delivery sections on your blog how to create membership sites all the technical aspects of blogging are covered in there but harry will do all the basic installation for you. So you've got both here. You've got the knowledge on what you need to do with tech, but Carrie's going to do the basic setup for you, all part of this package. So you're probably wondering, how much does this actually cost? Well, it's a one-time fee of just $99 for your blog to be completely set up with a nice custom premium theme, your domain name, your hosting, and those six must-have plugins, plus my free guide on the technical aspect of running a blog business. So you get all of that for $99. Just go to blogsetupservices.com to find out more and to order your blog setup package. And you can turn your idea into a fully functioning website in under three days. Hello, this is Yarrow and welcome to an entrepreneur's journey solo podcast episode. Thank you very much for joining me. So I'm talking to you from Vancouver, Canada, and if you are familiar with my background story, I've been very much a digital nomad, especially in the last three years. But in fact, the traveling aspect and the ability to travel and have that kind of freedom 
is something that I went after from the very beginning of my entrepreneurial career. In fact, it was the goal. It was the primary objective of, I almost could say my life, was to figure out a way to have the kind of freedom that I could be wherever I wanted, had enough money to do what I want, and also enjoy my life, whatever that was. Now, a lot of people talk about the idea of passive income. And I think that as a a simple singular concept is very appealing. But unfortunately, it tends to attract a certain type of mindset, almost like a get rich quick mindset, or is there a way I can just have this magical money flowing into my bank account through some kind of passive income means? As anyone who's ever gone after that kind of income and actually succeeded or made any kind of money from a business or, you know, in life made amount of money that's significant, you know that the idea of passive income really is a bit of a misnomer. There are certainly passive income sources, but there are things you got to do to make passive income appear. And even once you've got it going, generally speaking, it, there is something that needs to you know keep it running. And that's fine because most people in the pursuit of passive income discover some kind of task or activity or role that they actually enjoy and want to keep doing. So they end up you know creating a business or an activity, whether it's property investment, stock trading, or building businesses, or buying and selling businesses, whatever that is, it's something they actually really enjoy doing. So they're not actually after just passive income, they're after money, as well as something that gives them meaning, something that gives you direction. Now, I'm sure as I'm saying all this, you're reflecting on your own goals, your own desires. The fact that you listen to my podcast, I know that you're entrepreneurial. And I want to do this episode for you to talk about essentially the probably the most powerful motivator for you as it was for me. And I'm going to call it freedom. I don't want to call it passive income. I like the word freedom a lot better. I think freedom is about freedom of choice. That is the ultimate goal is the freedom to choose how to spend your time, to have enough money, to have enough freedom of your mindset. I think that's something that's not talked about enough. The idea that you have a stress-free life because you can be making a lot of money and have a lot of you know flexibility in what you do. But if you're always stressing about things or you're, you have a high stress role, that's not freedom for the mind and you know the body. So I'm looking for overall freedom, which really is a holistic concept. But at the start, most people look at the money aspect as step one. And that's fair enough because our society is very much driven by money. We need it in order to buy things for food, for rent, for travels, to support family, to support friends if you you know want to do that, to support employees if you have a company. It's the vehicle, it's the tool we use to essentially create all the freedoms and uh, you know generate our means. So we have to talk about money when it comes to freedom, but I don't want to just talk about money. I also want to talk about how you make the money. And I also want to talk about what goes into creating this structure so that you have the kind of freedom that suits your lifestyle. That's something that may not be clear at the start. That's very important thing to recognize in yourself is you might have fuzzy goals around what freedom actually looks like. Because usually you go through phases where freedom simply means being able to pay your bills, being able to put food on the table, you know, being able to accumulate some assets so you feel comfortable about your future and maintaining, you know, your financial stability in time and supporting everyone you love and care about. That sort of is the the phase one freedom. But often as you start to reach that phase and, and perhaps even feel comfortable there, 
you start to realize that freedom also relates to how you spend your time to make that financial security. And also even simple things like, what are you thinking about? How are you thinking? You know, what are your daily tasks like? Who do you surround yourself with? You know, who are the people in your life in order to live the kind of life you're living? And those are elements that matter ultimately just as much. I mean, yes, there are step one is money, but very quickly you'll start to realize that you need certain people around you. You need certain ways of thinking, ways of acting, ways of living in order to have the kind of freedom. So I'm talking about a lot of different things. And what I'd like to do now is really dive into the evolution of my own quest for freedom and cover some key concepts. So there's a few things that I didn't know when I got started that I want to share with you because you may not know them and it's very important you do understand these things. And some of them you can't really know without actually living through them. So I'm going to give you my best attempt at explaining the concepts I came across, the aha moments, these sort of awareness moments I went through that helped me reach this kind of holistic freedom that I'm talking about. But also I'll give you the mindsets and the, you know, the situation I was in with my life as I progressed through this process. So let's go back in time, as we always do with the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Again, the focus here is, is all about freedom. So I have to start with the most obvious concept for me that really kicked off my freedom quest and gave me a strong direction and a powerful tool set to establish the kind of freedom I was ultimately looking for. So to clarify, as a young man, teenager, I was looking for obviously some direction in my life, money as well. But primarily, I wanted to make a, a way of living that didn't require a job. That was my goal as a teenager into university. And that's hard because university is essentially training you to get a job. So, you know, everything in me was screaming against the structure I was operating in within the schooling system, the education system, the university system. It's all about creating drones, certainly in the degree I took, which is a business degree. It's about creating a person who can go work for a business, work for someone else, be an employee, probably work 8 till 6 p.m. and take home a paycheck. Not my desire. I hated having to get up to an alarm clock. I hated the idea of having a cap on my income, having to work on things that other people told me to work on. Those are all the things I was already hating about school. So I didn't want to continue that into my, my actual adult life and how I made a living. So I was looking for ways to solve that problem. And as I guess most people do, you read a few books. And it became quite clear to me that you either are born rich, you win the lotto, you get some inheritance money, or you accumulate some kind of assets to, you know, successfully create income streams. Usually thing people talk about, you know, property and, and stock investing. But when you're a 19 year old, 20 year old kid, you're like, that's not going to work because I have no capital. I have very little income coming in. I might have a part time job or a casual job. And even if I get a full-time job, it's not like I'm going to be able to instantly have a portfolio of properties or a huge win in the stock market or, you know, dividend cash flow sources. It's going to take time. And I wasn't excited about those things either. I mean, I was excited about them potentially, but they didn't give me a clear direction. My clearest direction was always business. And I think because you're listening to me now, that's probably the same for you. You see business as your logical tool for breaking away from a job you're already in, or perhaps continuing to build on the career you already started in business. You're already an entrepreneur and you want to, you know, get more successful in that. And that's where I was. So I, I was in university, you know, playing around with the internet for the first time, thinking about business ideas. You know, I was looking at other business ideas, not just internet at the time as well. And I, I eventually very much fell in love with the internet. So for me, it was straightforward. But one thing that, or really it was two things, but I'll start with the obvious thing. 
As people who know my story well, you know I had an editing company during my university days, one of two businesses. Now, that business was deliberately set up in a way so that it really ticks the box on a lot of the concepts I'm about to talk to you about. And a lot of that came about because I was introduced to a couple of things, but really all centered around this one idea called the 80-20 rule. You may be familiar with the 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle. It is well-known now, well-established, very popular in the world of entrepreneurship and internet marketing and mindset. And uh, in summary, it means that there will be a small amount of inputs responsible for large outcomes in your life. There'll be a small amount of things that you get the most pleasure from that you spend probably 20% of your money or time on to produce 80% of your happiness. So in other words, you're actually, if you think about the inverse, you're wasting 80% of your time on things that don't give you happiness. You're spending 80% of your money on things that don't matter as much. And you're focusing on 80% of things that aren't that important. Now, the 80-20 rule is wonderful because it's actually a concept in nature. You can see it in, for example, the person who first discovered it, Vilfredo Pareto, an Italian economist, noticed that in the pea pods in his garden, there were 80% of the peas were in 20% of the pea pods. And then he went on to study a whole bunch of different things. And you can really see it everywhere. It's in economies, it's in companies. 80% of the output of a company is produced by 20% of the employees. 80% of the world's resources are owned by 20% of the people. And there's countless examples of this. Now, I read a book by Richard Koch who explained the age 20 rule as to apply it to a life, so your general lifestyle. And it was really eye-opening, but more important to me, it gave me permission to continue to live the life I was living. I was already very much focusing on a handful of things to try and get my business profitable. And I felt like I wasn't working hard enough because a lot of my other peers who were going into full-time jobs were working a lot longer hours. But discovering the 80-20 rule made me realize that they weren't necessarily you know, using their time wisely. It was a lot of time spent to do things they don't like. So that was the 80% that doesn't give them happiness. So their 20% was usually their weekends and that's what they enjoyed. So in my point of view, I said, well, I'm gonna find a way to get the most out of my entire week, not just my weekends. And if that means I can work for two hours a day to make a living and have the rest of my day free, that's a pretty good outcome. So that became sort of my the way I ran my business and continued to sort of focus on. I want to build an income stream that would continue to make money with doing a few key things well. That's what the 80-20 rule taught me. Find the most important things to do in my life and in my business that will deliver the results I want and make sure you discard what's not working for you. And that means discarding people that don't help you or benefit you or you know, they're not people you should have in your life because they might be time wasters, they might be negative. Unfortunately, sometimes they're family members, so you can't cut them out, but you can certainly reduce the amount of time you spend with them and try and locate the people that reinforce and support what you're trying to do with your life. And that's an important thing to do. Uh, it's very important with how you make money to look at that as well. But even from a, a sort of a creative standpoint, a lot of people should take this advice and see it as a way to spend more time on what gives you pleasure. And that doesn't have to be money making. You know, if you like playing a the guitar or you like dancing or you like hitchhiking uh, <laughs> could be your thing or swimming whatever your passion is a lot of people choose to work five days a week and have very little time for their passion simply because that's what everyone else is doing and there's no reason why you can't work four days a week or you know take a couple part-time jobs and have more time for the swimming or the guitar or the hiking whatever it is and uh, you know be okay you might not make as much money but you'll be happier and that's often more important so it's not just a rule for you know getting the most out of a business it's, it's the way of getting the most out of your, your 
your life. So that was a huge impact on me. And I carried it forward with everything I did going forward. I was also very aware of, as you might be aware of yourself, The E-Myth, which is a book by Michael Gerber. And that was one of the books that kind of reinforced this idea of the 80-20 rule, but really took it to business formats. And he didn't write it about the 80-20 rule, but obviously you start seeing these things everywhere. And it became clear that, you know, in terms of building a company, if you wanted to have the kind of freedom I was after, you need to find these few key parts of the business that you can automate. And that was really the big message from the E-Myth. It was about creating a machine that ran without you. You could run the business, but not be in the business doing the work. That was one of the reasons why I built my editing company using contractors. So instead of me being the person doing the editing as a freelancer, from day one, I hired contractors because I knew it would be important to build a business that would run without me. So all these lessons, kind of the 80-20 rule, the E-Myth revisited, building the machine, these things started to get implemented in the kind of business ideas and the way I was structuring my business. Now, obviously, it's important I mention technology because very much if you want a freedom lifestyle today, we're so lucky that we have technology. We have the ability to run a business from a laptop. Now, I, after a few uh, missteps, came back to online business. I won't go into the background story, but there was a period of my life where I actually started an English school that was in the real world. It wasn't digital, it was physical, and boy, was that a mistake. And it taught me how much better internet business is if you want this kind of freedom, the freedom to travel, to make money being mobile, and to get leverage from technology. All things I was really missing running this English school. It was a very short-lived experiment, about nine months all up, but it was a big, powerful lesson. And I was doing that at the same time as running this editing company, which was a brilliant example of a highly mobile business, You know, the perfect kind of business model for that kind of freedom I was after. So technology must be mentioned as something that I recommend you tap into, especially today. We're so blessed. I can't think of another time in the history of our planet where you have access as an individual to a set of tools that allows you to drive an income from anywhere on the planet where you have access using a laptop, living the laptop lifestyle, as I've very much said over and over again and, and you know, made, it, made it my phrase. It's something that is very new. You know, back in previous eras, we would have not been able to get this kind of lifestyle without really leveraging a lot of other human beings. That would have been the main way we did it. We didn't have technology, so we needed to use human capital. And as a result of that, it's harder. You know, it requires more startup capital, more money for salaries and so on, where today we can do a lot just by using the tools we have and, and you know, a little bit of help here and there with um, some key people resources, which I'm going to talk about uh, in a moment later later on in this podcast, because you do need people still, but you can be very small and you can be very lean. Now, I want to talk about another concept that's kind of similar to the 80-20 rule. It's an important concept to sort of add to the idea of building a machine as a, an income source and using 80-20 rule principles and to really explode that. And it's kind of the same thing. I call it leverage. Most people have heard of that word. Leverage, as I understand it, is a way to use a minimum amount of force to get a maximum amount of output or use a little bit of energy to get a lot out. So again, it's, it is very 80-20. 
But where I see leverage as being extra important is to ask yourself with whatever it is you're building to make a living, is there an element of leverage in it? And that to me was a very important question to ask. Am I making money in a leveraged way? And with some of my businesses, it was not leveraged. I've had businesses in the past, for example, selling Magic the Gathering cards on the internet, one of my very, very first projects. There was a little bit of leverage because I had access to the internet, which gave me leverage to access people globally, although I mostly sold to Australians. But there was very little leverage in terms of the, the product I sold, the business model I used. I'm selling pieces of cardboard to essentially teenagers and, and young adults all around Australia and a little bit overseas. And it was very hard to ramp up my growth there. Small profit margins. I was very much constrained to the product itself. There was no way to get leverage. As I continued to grow different businesses, I realized there were simple things you can do to create leverage. For example, selling higher priced products with greater profit margins that are digital. So as I moved on to selling things like eBooks and eventually the very best thing I've ever sold, I think, flagship courses. So a flagship course, a thousand dollar product, 100% digital, you create it once, you can sell it again and again and again, you can sell it globally, there's nothing to ship. Once you've made it, it's 100% profit margin minus the costs of you know the purchase, there might be a few uh, transaction fees to, to take the payment, but that's it. So you know, name another product that doesn't have any kind of physical cost gives you like a 98% profit margin, can be replicated for free over and over again, and distributed globally. To me, that was huge leverage. That was leverage waiting to be accessed. So I very much tapped into that in more recent years with my teaching business. And that's why I made more money doing that than anything else up to this point. So, you know, it's obvious the leverage there made a big difference. But in a somewhat interesting twist, the idea of getting this maximum output in leverage, it's very important to understand the leverage comes from something very simple. So simplicity is, I believe, as equal of importance a concept to tap into with leverage. Leverage comes from simplicity, especially when you're looking for freedom. So if we want freedom, and I'm talking about time freedom, so you've got as much time as you need, financial freedom, and mind freedom, so mental freedom, then simplicity is probably the most important concept because anytime something gets complex, that's when you create more stress, requires more of your time, and ironically often results in less income too because there's too many moving parts. It's too complex to really get the leveraged outcomes you're after. So you need simplicity in your business model. You need simplicity in the actions you take. And the wonderful thing about going back to the 80-20 rule as sort of a, a source concept to run from, simplicity is built into that. It is about finding the one or two things or the one thing as another popular concept popularized by uh, Jay Papasan, his book, The One Thing, probably mispronouncing his last name there. But that's a, the simple idea is if there is only one or two most important aspects of how you make a living, then it's first of all, much easier to think about. You know, if there's only one thing you have to worry about, do that well, forget everything else, away you go. It's so easy to make things more complex than you need to, especially today with the internet, because we have so many different platforms. We've got social media platforms coming out the wazoo right now. We've got so many different methods for making money, whether you're you know, selling physical products, digital products, you're doing affiliate marketing, you're selling advertising, you know, maybe you're buying advertising, you know, you're doing pay-per-click on Facebook or Google. Maybe you're doing you know, video to sell ads. There's so many different ways to make a living. There's so many different ways to reach an audience. And all of these things individually are difficult to get going. And if you start trying to do them multiple at the same time, 
you create complexity, you make your life much more challenging, and you make it less likely to succeed at any of them. That's the irony. The more you try and do, the less you get. The less you try and do, the more you get because you do one or two things really, really well. So for me, I was looking for all these concepts and I've continued to look for all these concepts in how I make money and ultimately how I create freedom. The 80-20 rule, leverage, simplicity, technology allows you to have those things. And the next thing to talk about to sort of, you know, I guess, complete the picture, because I do think there's one other aspect, as I mentioned earlier, people. So people are still required. One of the hardest lessons for me to learn during my early days to really practice what I'm preaching here. I wasn't keeping things simple. I wasn't getting leverage because I was trying to do it all myself. Even if I only chose a very simple business model and I had a simple idea, the fact that I tried to do it all myself, I tried to build the website myself, I tried to set up the transaction system myself, I tried to source or create the product myself and manage the product myself. In a lot of my early businesses, my card game business, I was the one who built the website. I was the one who managed the community. I was the one who did the customer service via email. I was the one who did the marketing. I was the one who did the shipping of the products. Moving on to my editing company, I built the website, the first version of it anyway. I did all the customer support to begin with. I did hiring of the staff. I did the organizing of the staff, the paying of the staff. I did the marketing to find the customers. I was wearing all the hats. And it wasn't until I really started to understand the importance of getting people on board that I started to actually finally get the freedom I was looking for. So the first person I hired that made a big difference was technology. So bringing on someone to build websites for me, to set up software scripts for me, you know, to do all those technical things, not my strong point. I shouldn't have been doing it from the first point. I valued the experience I got, but I wasted seven years trying to do it all myself. And that's seven years of not making much money and putting in way too much time. So, you know, it's an obvious lesson in hindsight. And I, I understand, especially if you're listening to this and you've got very little money, the idea of hiring someone and paying them to do something you've feel like you could figure out yourself, especially using the tools we have today. You know, the, the website builders like Wix, um, WordPress is obviously very easy too. All the tutorials available on YouTube and, and other sites out there. Why not learn how to do it all yourself? I would always advise against this. Focus on what you're good at and get help at what you're not good at. Don't try and do it all yourself. You're only hindering your progress to the actual outcome you want. You're hindering your ability to get to the kind of money you want because you're trying to save money by doing it all yourself. It's ironic, but it's true. And I lived it for seven years. So I take advantage of my hindsight. You know, if it means you have to work a part-time job to generate a little bit of cash to pay someone 200 bucks to build your website, instead of you spending a month to learn how to do it and then do it yourself, that's leverage. That's $200 to do, to free up a month of your time. That's freedom. It's $200 to get you a month ahead in your timeline of getting your business up and running. So that is a huge huge thing to get over and really take on board if you're if you're after this kind of freedom. The other place where people have been incredibly helpful for me has been customer service or simply email management. So for many, many years now, almost 13th year, I've had someone doing tech. So I've had a tech person I've gone through many over the years and I've had someone doing my email. And I've also had various people help me with my email. As many as three people at once were on my email. And that role as an email person is 
I would say as important as a tech person because they become your front line of defense against this barrage of messages that come at us every day and especially come at you when you start to get a bit of success. That's the irony. You know, once you start to succeed and you start to make a bit of money, you start to build a bit of traffic, get a bit of attention, you actually get more emails, more potential joint venture opportunities, more people complaining, saying, I don't know how to access the stuff. How do I get this download? Where do I, how do I open this file? How do I, access what I've just paid for. All these basic customer service questions come in. You also get more people asking about your products and services. You know, do you include this? Which one of these things should I buy? All these questions that could lead to sales start coming at you via email channels as well. Plus, once you're up and running with the business, if you want the freedom part that includes time freedom, so you, you might get the money freedom because you've got a successful business, but you're at your inbox every day, you know, checking your stats, uh, replying to customer service queries, you know, doing the refunds, doing the promotions of the marketing campaigns, following up with people, then you've just created a, essentially a job. You haven't got the freedom yet. You know, and that to me was another huge lesson. I first learned the technology lesson two years later when I had started to get some success with my second business. That's when I learned the people lesson and hired a email customer support person. That actually has progressed all the way to today where I actually run a company, which you probably know by now because I keep talking about it, called inboxdone.com where we can actually take over managing your email, including your customer support via email, but also your personal emails and your business emails or your career emails if you're also maybe working a job or still freelancing or consulting. We can essentially offer you email management so we can take over your inboxes. So that's inboxdone.com. And that business was born out of me going through the process of hiring a person and then eventually a team to manage my email. And I've, I have not done email now for over 12 years, 13th year we're heading into. And right now I actually check my email and actually do replies about once a month because my team handles all of it. And the ones that only I can deal with, I log in there once a month and deal with, you know, the, the five to 10 that are left over that only I can handle. And that's it. Once a month. How would it be like for you to check your email once a month? Would that create the kind of freedom you're after? Ironically, this is the thing where people have the most trouble letting go of. It's letting go of the email or any kind of thing where you feel like you're the only person who can do it. Usually that's not the case. There are people out there who can do what you do and often can do it better. And that's going back to the earlier point with the 80-20 rule and the e-myth from Michael Gerber in particular. It's about building a machine that makes money for you. And if that machine still has you performing that basic email role, then you're a cog in the wheel. You're not the one driving the car. And that's most important. You need to step away from running the machine to actually let the machine run itself. And that means hiring people for technology, hiring people for email, possibly hiring people for other roles like marketing. You know, you can take this as large as you like, depends how big you want to get your company. You could hire project managers. We've had that in my company as well. Uh, you know, you can have outsources for all kinds of various roles. So people really matter. The combination of technology, automation, and people has allowed me to make several million dollars on the internet and have the kind of freedom that I've been talking about throughout this podcast, time, money, and mental freedom. Okay, I've pretty much covered everything I want to cover. I want to highlight one last point that's important for freedom that needs to be considered right at the very beginning. So I feel like you now have a good roadmap for what I've learned, the most important points running various businesses going through this process myself. So the 80-20 rule, 
e-myth revisited or the e-myth with building machine, a business that runs itself, getting leverage from whatever you do, using simplicity as a way to get leverage. Simplicity also in how you, you personally do your job and what's important to your business, technology and people as a way to get leverage, as a way to create an automated machine. And there's only a few key people and a few key pieces of technology you need as per the 80-20 rule to make an online business work. You do not have to get crazy with every single tool and building this huge team. For a long time, I ran my business with a blog, an email list, a product, a tech person, and a customer service person. That was it. That was a business that was doing several hundred thousand dollars a year as I traveled the world. Customer service handled by a person, tech updates handled by a person, products being sold through email and my blog posts, and uh, highly leveraged, very 80-20 rule. Was not doing social media, wasn't doing YouTube, still really very rarely do a lot of that. And that was a brilliantly simple business, which ties into my final point, your business model. This is something that I got wrong in my early days. It was, of course, a learning process. So I am grateful for getting it wrong because eventually it showed me how important it is to get it right if I value freedom. But you can take away this final point from me today in this podcast. Choosing the right business model to base your business on is so important if freedom is what you value. Now, not everyone values freedom. Some people want to work 12-hour days to get a huge exit one day. You know, they might be tech founders. They want to, you know, revolutionize an industry or, or build some amazing technology. Who knows what it is? And they're happy to just put their entire life into that. That's not a lifestyle business. That's a startup. That's a life in itself. That's a deliberate choice to go after that business model. So be aware if that's what you're doing, make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. My followers, certainly of this podcast, have always been more about freedom, about getting something from a business, but not making the business the boss. And for that to happen, you have to choose the right business model. Now, as I mentioned earlier, today, having access to the internet means Step one is to choose an internet business as your business model. So getting the massive leverage and the access to distribution that we have through the internet means choosing an internet business as your business model. From there, it's about what components come together to create a simple, elegant, highly leveraged, A20 rule driven business, which can include just a few key people and a few key pieces of technology. Now, I can't answer that for you right now. Obviously, as a teacher and a coach, I've been teaching the email plus blog business. Selling digital products using a blog and an email list has been very much my core coaching methodology that I put out into the world and supported a lot of people through my programs and helped them get up and running. You can, of course, go to yarrow.blog where this podcast is hosted and find the success stories to listen to many, many case studies of people who followed that exact business model. Some of them only use a blog and that's been their path to success. Most of them use blog, email list, and then selling their own products, sometimes services as well. But that's not the only business model and that's not the only potentially you know, highly leveraged, simple business model that you can get the kind of freedom you want from. There are people out there who just are really good at Facebook ads or Google ads. They can consult and make a ton of money for a small amount of time and they can hire some people to take over certain key jobs and eventually find themselves you know, traveling the world and only doing a couple hours a day here and there. There's some people that love to do affiliate marketing. They just want to promote other people's products and services. There's people who just write books, you know, digital books, selling eBooks online. 
There's so many different opportunities today to make a living, even a freelancer. You know, yes, freelancing is not the most highly leveraged use of your time, but it can become a freelance business. I've interviewed a couple of people who've started as copywriters themselves, and that's slowly grown into a copywriting teaching business using that model I explained earlier with blogging and email marketing to sell things like flagship courses. So things can evolve to that highly leveraged business model. What's important is you look at what you're thinking about selling, what you're thinking about doing on the internet, and ask yourself, how leveraged is this business model? How simple is this business model? What are the key roles that other people and technology could perform for me so that I'm taken out of this? It's very important when you think about what you're doing to consider that, not necessarily for today. I mean, it may be something you can build in from the beginning, or it'll be coming in the future and ideally the near future as you get your cash flow up and running. Because, you know, I realize, as is the case with most businesses, if you don't have investment, you're very much doing a, a bootstrapping process, which means the, the first few sales you make are used to maybe hire some people like a tech person and a customer service email person to slowly balance that cash flow, outsourcing, building systems, paying for technology software to the point where eventually you've got most of the business running without you. You've got cash flow that's actually creating profit margins, which then gives you that freedom you're after. And, you know, maybe those first few early years, even it can be years, you're actually doing more work. There's more of you in the business than you'd like, but that's okay because you know you're working towards this very elegant, very effective business model that could be a vision in your mind. And that sometimes takes some time to develop. Sometimes it's a critical mass issue where you just need a certain number of people to use what you're building. You know, you might be you're selling software and you need a certain amount of subscribers to get to the point where you can have enough cash flow to hire a team to manage the software, to do things like attract new customers to do the lead generation for you. But now, at the start, you got to do that. You're the one who's doing the marketing, who's doing the lead gen. Right now, that's actually where I'm at with the new business I'm running, inboxdone.com, as I mentioned earlier. I'm still the marketing guy. So I'm the one spreading the word about this new business. And my co-founder is the one essentially building the machine that delivers the service. So the operations, the hiring, the providing value to our clients. And that's working great. It's a great combination for two founders to have that mix of marketing and operations. Again, it's an elegant business model. It's a simple business model, but it's a, something that has taken a bit of time to you know really realize the value and then build a business around it. So have a think about these kind of points as you're either first choosing your business model or if you've already selected a business model, maybe you need to make some changes. Have a look at, you know, in the future, will you actually get freedom from what you're doing today? Is there a way out? Is there a way to systematize? Is there a way to hire people? Is there enough cash flow to pay for those people? Considering the variables that matter, you know, how many sales you're, you're potentially going to get. Maybe one of the things you're missing is a highly leveraged offer for a lot of people, myself included. Switching from selling cardboard, I was selling Magic the Gathering cards and they might cost anywhere from 20 cents to $10 and my margins would be very small to selling a $1,000 digital product with a 98% profit margin, there's clearly a difference there. And it took a while to reach the point where I could sell a course. I had to build up my expertise, my credibility. I had to learn how to do what I was about to teach. And that took some time. 
where selling magic cards, I could step in straight away. I had the cards. I was able to buy more cards at wholesale or win them at tournaments. So that was a natural progression, but it was lacking leverage. And I could see that. And that's why I eventually sold that business and got out of it. So, you know, it's an awareness building process, but you can benefit from my hindsight and look at your business model today and ask yourself, is there leverage? Is it simple? Am I able to hire people? Am I using the best technology or the right technology, the simplest technology for what I want to achieve in terms of my freedom goals? Do an 80-20 assessment of your business and your life. That's really important. And uh, yeah, make sure you're, you're clear on your goals. So I'm going to leave it at that. That's pretty much covered everything I wanted to tell you about freedom as a goal for your business and your life. Some simple concepts there, but very important ones. And I honestly still live by these things today. I always valued freedom. I think I made that clear at the start of this podcast, getting a nine to five job, that's not freedom. And not being able to buy a ticket and and go to anywhere on the planet I want to at any point in time, you know, not having the money to do that, not having the time freedom to do that, and not being in the right mental space to do that. You know, you might have the money and the time, but you're worried about the people, you know, that are running your company. That's not mental freedom. So you got to get all these variables right in order to get the, the true kind of freedom that we all talk about. We all aspire to. And it sounds a little bit like a pipe dream a lot of the time, but I can tell you I've lived it for many years now and I continue to go after it. And that's why I use these concepts because that's how you can get that kind of freedom. And it is definitely a choice. I want to be very clear. Tapping into these concepts is a choice and it means foregoing very alluring aspects of our society, like chasing more money for more money's sake hustling as hard as you can because everyone says that's the key to you know the outcomes you want in life following other people's paths who don't actually do what you want to do there's a lot of these distractions there's a lot of these temptations i've certainly followed for them over the years many times especially when i haven't been concrete in my mindset and that unfortunately is where you often are at the start so you have to get clarity on as many of these things as you can especially your business model and your vision for your life And if freedom is important, prioritize freedom. Don't prioritize hustling. Don't prioritize multi-million dollar exits if you actually want freedom, because that can be had much earlier than working 12-hour days for the next five years to hopefully get an exit, which may or may not happen. Most companies don't get that. So why not build something that can get this freedom you want sooner and simpler today by just following all these important concepts? Okay, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the EJ Podcast, a Yarrow solo edition. I'm happy to answer any questions, so please leave a comment on my blog post that's part of this podcast if you have any questions regarding what I've spoken about today or just any feedback. I love to hear from you. Please also subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet, iTunes is the best way to do that. Just head to iTunes. I'd love it if you left a review or a rating there that helps this podcast to float higher in the rankings and get to to more people who could benefit from what I'm saying. And please do share it too. If you just want to pass it on through email, someone who's maybe entrepreneurial in your family or someone who's a mastermind member or a colleague and they need to hear these kind of messages, just, you know, forward the MP3. Totally fine with me or just the link straight to my blog post where this podcast is, which is at yarrow.blog. You can find the podcast there, yarrow.blog, or the the redirect link we have for it is ejpodcast.com. Okay, that's it from me. My name is Yarrow, and I'll talk to you on the very next edition of the EJ Podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. 
Hey, this is Yarrow again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Before you go, would you mind taking one minute of your day to leave a review for the EJ podcast? That will help this podcast to reach more entrepreneurs like you and also allow me to continue to conduct these fantastic interviews. To leave your review, all you have to do is open up your iTunes app, find the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast, and then click the review button to type in a short review and leave your five-star ranking. I'd really appreciate that. Thanks again for taking the time to do this and I'll talk to you again on the next episode. Here's a sneak peek for the next episode. Just naturally, without even trying, I think I just continually to apply business concepts to uh, health optimization, personal optimization, and as a category, kind of human optimization. Very much like an agile development or agile testing framework, where we identify issues, we prioritize, uh, we come up with a hypothesis, we learn from it, and we continue in this loop through optimization. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast, the original entrepreneur interview podcast established in 2005. For more episodes, head over to ejpodcast.com. See you next time.